Thank you for tuning in to The Way Podcast, a work of Scattered Abroad which is overseen by the East Hill Church of Christ in Pulaski, Tennessee. You can find our website at scatteredabroad.org. In this podcast, we seek to showcase the way that God wants us to live by looking at what is written in His Word. The Bible says God has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. This is That Way. Here is your host, Houston Welch. Welcome back to The Way Podcast. I'm your host, Houston Welch. And today, as we're continuing uh, through our examples of the Old Testament and viewing the viewing New Testament Christianity through the lens of the Old Testament, we're looking at a few examples, uh, particularly examples which are stated as examples in the New Testament. And today, we've got, quite frankly, somewhat of a hard one to discuss. The reason why it is a hard one to discuss is because it involves real people and it is Sodom and Gomorrah, they being examples uh, for us today. Now, why do I say uh, that it is a hard subject because it involves real people? Well, four out of ten Americans today know either a or have either a close friend or a family member, four out of ten, who is quote-unquote of the LGBTQ community. And then, of course, we know that there are many other um, letters that they've added to include um, certain other peoples in, into that group. Um, but I would say that it all boils down to, to one thing. Homosexuality. We will get into it uh, a little bit. Now, I will have to say that coming into a discussion like this, all parties has to have or have to have an open mind. You cannot come into a hard uh, discussion being closed-minded. Every individual partaking in the discussion has, or listening to the discussion has to have an open mind. And I will say this, being one who has never had any um, experiences of that nature or, or in that regard, it is, it's hard for, for me to, to speak in regards to it. It's like whenever you take, well, who is the best person to speak on the dangers of alcoholism? A recovering alcoholic, or or who is somebody who's the 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 most experienced to to speak on addiction? Somebody who was an addict but is now recovering, and so on and so forth. It's somebody who has been down that road, who who knows it through and through, but has left it, who has repented of it. Those are the best individuals to to speak on the subject. However, we can still speak on the subject through God's Word, but only through God's Word. Now, where we're pulling this example is in Jude, beginning in verse, we'll have to start in verse 5. Jude says, I will therefore put you in remembrance, though you once knew this, 
how that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterwards destroyed them that believed not. And the angels, which kept not their uh, principality, uh, but left their own habitation, God has reserved in everlasting chains unto darkness unto the judgment of that great day. Even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them, in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication and going after other flesh, are set forth for an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. Likewise, also these dreamers defile the flesh, despise dominion, and speak evil of dignities. And so that's where the text stops in Jude, or at least what we're going to be discussing from Jude. And in in the first place, I would like to to clear up, um, at least in part, some misconceptions as to what the sin of Sodom actually was. Many people don't know this. Most of the time, whenever you discuss the sin of Sodom, you think immediately it has to be homosexuality and that can it, it can be nothing else, or at least loosely fornication, but more particularly homosexuality. But actually, no, that was not the primary sin of Sodom. If you can, or if you would, Ezekiel chapter 16, Ezekiel, God speaking through Ezekiel to Israel, Ezekiel uh, 16, and verse 49. Behold, this was the iniquity of your sister Sodom. Pride, fullness of bread, abundance of idleness was in her and in her daughters. Neither did she, daughters in regards to the surrounding cities. Neither did she strengthen the hand of the poor and the needy. And they were haughty and committed abomination before me. I took them away as I saw. And so there, God tells us exactly the reason why he destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. Pride. Fullness of bread. Now, the fullness of bread wasn't the sin in and of itself but it was what accompanied the fullness of bread. We know that fullness of bread, it, it's a great blessing. It's something that comes by blessing. But then whenever what you do with it, notice what follows, abundance of idleness. Neither did she strengthen the hand of the poor and the needy. So a city or a society which is overflowing with the things that they need, and yet those who did have need, they couldn't even supply it or wouldn't even supply it. And then, that's not all. So pride, fullness of bread, abundance of idleness, uh, not strengthening the hand of the poor and needy, and they were haughty, which we could pair that up with pride, but they were haughty and committed abomination before me. And so that's what we, we want to discuss. So now whenever we mention the sin of Sodom, we can't just box it in. We can't just say that it was homosexuality alone. However, 
it certainly was included. Notice that God says they committed abomination before me. Now, throughout the Old Testament, particularly the law, God calls many things uh, an abomination to him. And so whenever he says that they committed abomination, well, it could be any number of those things. Uh, He mentions idolatry is certainly an abomination to God. Unjust judgment is certainly an abomination to God, which we see that was uh, certainly a case with Sodom. Also, adultery is an abomination to God. Also, another place in Deuteronomy that's mentioned as an abomination is acting of the opposite, or of the, yes, of the opposite gender. God considered a man dressing up as a woman an abomination, and a woman dressing up as a man an abomination. And just to clear that up a little bit, what an abomination is to God, it's something that is repulsive. It's something that is disgusting. And you can imagine God being the creator. He created something to be a certain way. And if what you have created isn't what you intended or being what you intended, it might be somewhat repulsive to you. It may be somewhat disgusting to you. I know there are artists by uh, many uh, different degrees and various different um, areas of artistry and I would guarantee you that each one of them, yes, there are going to be imperfections in everything that you create. But I would say that if something turns out drastically different, in fact, maybe opposite from the way that you intended it to be, you might scrap the, in, the, the idea entirely. It's, it's repulsive. It's not what it was meant to be. Also, poor sacrifice. Poor sacrifice is considered an an abomination. But also, a passage that many uh, people who involve themselves in this discussion know the passage Leviticus 18 and verse 22. To lie with mankind as with woman is an abomination before the Lord. So all of those things, and also, of course, we know there's a proverb, uh, six things uh, does God hate, yea, seven things are an abomination to him. And then he lists each of those. And there are many more things mentioned in the Old Testament which are abominations to God. But these are to name a few that's mentioned in the Pentateuch, in the first five books of the Bible. Now, we do know that Certain individuals of Sodom were interested in the same sex. And this is what I believe that Jude is speaking of whenever he says that they desired other flesh, not uh, flesh of, even though it is different, it's flesh which is not like what it was intended to be. Flesh of the same sex. And almost everybody, and certainly if you're listening and tuning in, you likely are familiar with the account of Sodom and Gomorrah. 
and that there were certain angels who came to rescue Lot. They went into the city to see just how truly bad it was, and God already knew, of course, and to pull Lot and his family out of the city before God laid waste to it. And as these men came, there were men of the city who desired to have them, and to be with them, and to lie with them, to know them, as the Bible says. That is, of course, homosexuality. Now, what about, I, I remember reading a book. I cannot remember the, the author's name. I can't remember what the, the, the title of the book was. But I remember the author, his entire point of the book. Now, he was a, quote-unquote, a homosexual Christian. He was somebody who was raised in uh, denominational Christianity, and he believed in God, and he wanted to keep his Christianity. He knew that Jesus was the Savior. And so he was thinking, well, how can I be bent towards the opposite sex? How can I have a, a desire or an attraction uh, to, to the same sex? How can I do that? And yet I know that I believe or that I think I believe in Jesus. And so the entirety of this book, he was... The thesis essentially was we need to reinterpret certain scriptures. Now, I will say that in times past, and this was the argument that he made, that in times past, men have been wrong about certain passages. We are but mortal man. However, there are some passages which are clear as day and that you don't have to, to take much um, more, yes, you can study them through and through and that there will likely be that you will never be able to truly wring all that is in the Bible out of it or all that is in a certain passage out, yet you can still understand it at its most simple meaning. And I believe that many of these passages, particularly the ones that we read about in the New Testament, are clear in regards to homosexuality. Now, one that, or a few, rather, that I would like to mention, and many people, again, who are familiar with this discussion are familiar with these passages. Romans chapter 1. We're not going to go there. However, I would like to go to 1 Timothy uh, chapter 1. In 1 Timothy chapter 1, uh, beginning in verse 9, knowing this, that the law is not made for a righteous man, but for the lawless and the disobedient. So what does that mean before we go any further? Take, for example, a speed limit. The speed limit wasn't placed for those who aren't going to ridiculously fly down the highway. The speed limit was placed there for those that are going to ridiculously fly down the highway and risk both their lives and other people's lives. So that's what Paul's meaning, or rather the Holy Spirit's meaning through Paul, whenever he says that the law is not made for a righteous man. These laws weren't put there for those who were going to do exactly these things anyway, but rather it's put there for those who are going to break the law. 
but for the lawless and the disobedient. And now he lists a few for the ungodly and for sinners, for holy and profane, for murders of fathers, murders of mothers, manslayers. And then verse 10, he says, for whoremongers. And the King James reads, for them that defile themselves with mankind. The ESV reads those who practice homosexuality. The New King James just says sodomites. But I believe that the accurate translation would simply just be for homosexuals. And this is meaning both man and woman. It's not just men and it's not just women. But it's both who choose to lie or to have sexual relations with the same sex. Also, 1 Corinthians chapter 6 mentions it as well. And it mentions, Paul mentions there that those who practice such things shall not or will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, without sounding too harsh, I want to say from the offset that like with everybody who is outside of Christ, I share the same desire with God that I don't want anybody to be lost. I don't want anybody to experience eternal condemnation. I wish that everybody on the day of judgment would be able to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. But I also know that not everybody is going to receive that. I need to make sure that, number one, I'm doing the things necessary for myself to hear that. And number two, letting everybody else know what they need to be doing, what God would have them to do, so that they can hear it as well. It's a hard topic because, like stated from the offset, Many people, almost half of the population of the United States of America, knows somebody who is a homosexual, bisexual, whatever. So, then the question that should be asked, why is it wrong? Because... I, I can fully admit, now, while I don't believe that anybody is born that way, you cannot say that, that God would let somebody or usher somebody into the world, that God would create somebody who was bent to break his will. God creates man with the ability to, but it doesn't mean that we are automatically bent towards doing it. It doesn't mean that we are going to break the law. We have the ability to. It would be contrary to God's character for him to create somebody knowing that they are most definitely going to be condemned. Now, you might say, well, what about all the people that are going to be condemned? Doesn't God have perfect knowledge? Nobody has to be condemned. God doesn't create anybody so that they have to be condemned. 
everybody makes that choice on their own. And God gives them the ability to make that choice. Well, how? Okay. They're not bent that way. They're not born that way, at least. What happens? I cannot deny, and nobody can deny, that mental illness is not real. And therefore, I cannot deny that certain individuals have a strong attraction, have a strong desire towards others of the same sex as they. Perhaps even as strong as I do towards my wife. So I cannot deny that they have these real feelings towards these people. And nobody can deny that. So what can somebody do about it? It doesn't matter how they get to this point. Yes, it does matter in some part. But once they're there, there's nothing you can do about it. Nothing you can do about their past, at least. So how we know that it's that it's wrong there's no there's no twisting scripture there's no getting around it god has stated that it's sin it, it's contrary to the way that he created man to the way that he intended it to be so where do we go from there and frankly i don't know like i stated i've not been in somebody's shoes but I will say this, that I know that somebody who is in an adulterous marriage, like we discussed at the beginning of the season, a few episodes ago, somebody who's in a relationship with an individual, which God has not permitted, that they have to cut it off. And Jesus also said, that many will make their make themselves eunuchs for the kingdom of God. And perhaps that's a part of it. Perhaps it means celibacy. Maybe even some person is called to celibacy, even though they have that desire towards the same sex. This is one subject which as I have no experience in, it's hard to speak of. But we know that it is a sin. And we know that just as Sodom and Gomorrah, God condemned them for it. Yes, it wasn't all that God condemned them for. But I would say this, that the abundance of bread, the fullness of bread, accompanied with the pride, led to them being idle. They didn't have any need, so why? It led to them not tending to the helpless, not taking care of the helpless. Why do so? I'm taken care of. And I think that it would just be as right to say that it led them towards the path of 
well, Sodom. And I want to say this because whenever we look at modern society, at least in the Western world, and where we've gone, where we are right now, it seems like we have had uh, that we have went down the exact same path. Now, I don't believe that we are going to be utterly destroyed like Sodom and Gomorrah was. In fact, whenever Ezekiel was writing, uh, uh, God was speaking to Israel during that time, God said that Israel's sins were far worse than Sodom. And yes, God did lead them away into captivity, but he also let them get much, much worse. So I don't think we are right there at that point right now, but it could be that we're not far from that point. I do appreciate you for staying tuned in to us, uh, listening to us through the entirety of the podcast. Um, this certainly is a difficult subject, especially during today's time uh, to discuss, but we do appreciate you for tuning in. Um, we hope that perhaps this has been thought-provoking. We hope that perhaps this has been encouraging, maybe, uh, to you. And if you think that it could be of help or of benefit to somebody. Uh, please share it with them. If you if you if you have any questions, you want to uh, contact us anyway. In any way, you can uh, reach out to us. All of our information and way to link uh, reach out to us is in the description down below the episode. We do appreciate you, and we certainly love you. And have a good.